Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, hosted by Brooke and Farron. Your personal growth matters, and we're here to help. Here we go, episode 30. This is Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, and today we're talking about chapter 2. Yes, chapter 2 is titled, Debunking the Vulnerability Myth." It is titled that. Yep. yep. And how many are there, Brooke? There are four. <laughs> That's correct. You can't see the hand signals, but there are four. They're coming at my face. Uh, <laughs> so, before he starts the chapter, Brooke. <laughs> she talks about... You said it. <laughs> it's not what I meant. You were thinking it. <laughs> well, the end. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's awesome. (laughs) Carry on. Yes. So the thing that makes vulnerability, there's lots, but one thing that makes it uncomfortable is because it's uncertain, right? Yeah. Or we think it could go a terrible way. So when you put yourself out there, you don't know what the response is going to be. So if you're the first one in a relationship to say, I love you. Crap, what if they say Mm -hmm. that's nice? Oh my gosh, (laughs) like off the Clickner episode, we had them for the Enneagram. It was episode 15, I think. But they talked about how he said, I love you. And what'd she say? She said, Thank you. Yeah. Like real life. And yeah. And then hours later, she was like, I love you too. And he's like, Oh my gosh, why did it take you so long? (laughs) Because she's a number five. She likes to process her feelings Uh, on her own. Right. Or, like, if you go into a job situation and you ask for a promotion and you have to, like, kind of justify by saying how much you do and why you're deserving, why Mm -hmm. do they tell you no? What's the worst that could happen? No? Okay, thanks. Yeah, but then you're like, crap, am I not those awesome things? No, you are. That either means (sighs) something on the other end isn't ready or sometimes they are ready. You need to be in that position, but the budgeting is done for the year kind of thing, so you have to wait until... Or maybe there's another place that has that position. So it's not that you aren't those things. It could just be there. there's there's something in the works, something coming. Just keep your eyes and ears open. Yeah. So this is how she leads into chapter two, and it falls nicely with the first myth about vulnerability is weakness. And so in those situations, one way to interpret that is if I put myself out there and they tell me no, then... Look, I must be flawed and weak, but really, like you just said, that right. would not be true. I gotta tell you, vulnerability, I, weakness was the definition for me up until a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, crying was a weakness in my eyes. And so, I mean, all, all those things are not right. So if you're a counselor out there, you're like, uh, uh, uh. and so when I told my counselor these things, she was like, ha ha ha, you silly layman, let me tell you. What is happening? So at one point in a session, I did start crying, and she was, and then I stopped crying, and then she was like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "Dang, I cried." She's like, "Why is that bad?" Uh, I don't know because it's weak. Why is it weak? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, "See, <laughs> doesn't make sense." I'm like, yeah, eh. So that yeah. was weird. Doesn't sound like you completely believed her, but it was uh, right. And so, well, and so then, yeah. It, what also helped was when my kids started crying, mm-hmm. and so there's a difference between. So we make sure we either say it's whining or crying. Like crying, 
is normal and okay. And you can do that anytime you feel like you need to. Whining is not okay. So we try to always make sure we give the kids the word whenever they're doing either or. Mm-hmm. Like if you hit your face, you're going to be crying, not whining, obviously. Yeah. That is a really good parenting tip because, again, kids don't interpret what you mean always. They hear what you say. Right. And so when you're telling them, stop crying, don't cry, you shouldn't be crying because they didn't get the toy they wanted in the checkout aisle. That's whining. They generalize mm-hmm. it too. Right. My mom says I can't cry. So, careful. That's a good one. Right. She goes on to talk about, you know, we're really quick to say vulnerability is a sign of weakness, but um, TED Talks, for example, there's some really powerful ones. Goalcast is another really good motivational, inspirational kind of um, resource to go check out. And those people are being super vulnerable, and we Mm -hmm. admire and applaud them for that. And their messages are powerful, and they're being vulnerable. But then when she turns the question to the audience and says, what about when you're vulnerable? Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, no, I don't do that because that's Mm -hmm. weak. But you Mm -hmm. just said how powerful and moving it was when you saw someone else's vulnerability. That's what we were talking about last week with you being vulnerable can help lead someone to some sort of successful with whatever it is, whether you're getting them out of a pit because you've shown them the roadmap or you need to do it for your sake because that's part of the healing process kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I like too how she talks about vulnerability is actually the birthplace for love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity. I mean, a lot of creativity has come from taking risks. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a style right now. The crop top. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing that too vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it looks good see on this some mom other mod, this, <laughs> this, this mom rocking it. Yeah. Boy. No, but like love. Like, you got to ask that girl up and then, you know, say yes. Again, yes, you out. what's the worst that could happen? Nothing. Yeah. The worst that could happen is what's already happening. Nothing. Don't be vulnerable skydiving or jumping out of a plane <laughs> with parachute. No, because there are some worst case scenarios. Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> That's not vulnerability. Again, That's logical stupidity. No, yes. I'm just kidding. It's just uh, well, not for I mean, me. It's just not, <laughs> just not for me. Um, okay, so I love, she does these sentence stems. In the last chapter, it was never blank enough, and we filled it in like never good enough, never smart enough, never fill in the blank as it sees fit. So on this one, um, it's defining vulnerability. So again, she's giving some examples. Uh, vulnerability is asking for help. Vulnerability is starting your own business. Um, vulnerability is standing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, you probably encourage people to stand up for themselves. And you know that on that side for you, it might take a lot of strength for some people to do that. So again, to, is standing up for yourself a sign of weakness? No, mm-hmm. but it requires vulnerability. So that's what these examples I are. I like how some of them, it's both like getting fired firing people mm-hmm. like both of those are two very vulnerable things mm-hmm. and they're all opposite ends of the spectrum it also talks about initiating sex with my husband initiating sex with my wife like these are all things people have said over the past 20 years of her research like people are actually feeling this and thinking this so if you're if you think you're the only one 
who is vulnerable trying something new, then you're wrong. Because it's in this book, someone said that in her research. Mm-hmm. And that's where it goes back to, we've said before, wise counsel. So first, identifying what vulnerability looks like to you. And then taking that to wise counsels, a trusted friend, uh, maybe someone in the church, uh, maybe a therapist or counselor, someone that you can trust. And if they say it back to you, maybe you'll realize that like that's not weakness. Mm-hmm. It's actually there's strength in there. Yeah. So, um, gosh, <laughs> they go on to talk about how does vulnerability feel? Oh, <laughs> terrible. terrible. <laughs> uh, not sucking it in anymore. Yeah, uh-huh. swimsuit season. All summer. No. Um, it's where courage and fear meet. I love that one because one. being brave is, or having courage is being scared and doing it anyway. Yeah. I, I like this one. This is more of what I would have said. Sweaty palms and a racing heart. Mm-hmm. Awkward and scary. Mm-hmm. But it makes you feel alive. That's true. Man, I love all these. Um, and she said the answer, of course, that appeared over and over was naked. Yes. <laughs> Vulnerability makes you feel like you're naked um, on stage and hoping for applause rather than laughter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm hoping just everyone's blind. <laughs> I don't know. That's not a feeling I want to engage in very often. (laughs) But, like, the reward could be awesome, right? I mean, there's, I mean, we can go into the whole marriage aspect of that, but even just being okay with yourself. That doesn't mean settle. That doesn't mean be unhealthy. But there's a point wherever, like, the inner critic starts talking, and you have to understand when to shut that down. So, again, being self-affirmations, that kind of stuff. I have a friend who writes down five self-affirmations every day about herself, and that's awesome. You're awesome. Uh, She wraps up this discussion on defining vulnerability and not it being a weakness, it being a strength. Um, I just thought this nerdy was interesting, that the dictionary, it comes from um, two Latin words meaning to wound and capable of being wounded or open to attack or damage. And so those words do make it sound like a weakness. But mm-hmm. um, it goes back to... And maybe that's where the negative connotation came from. That's what I'm trying to get but at. But maybe, I mean, again, as you can see, being vulnerable does lead to a lighter path. I know it makes me feel lighter whenever I get something off my chest that I needed to, or I'm working through something and... There's a breakthrough and all of that feels great. Mm-hmm. It's all the ugly stuff in between the vulnerable, like all that vulnerable, that stuff is rough, but it's totally worth it. Yeah. So she just goes on to again say where this um, myth that vulnerability is weakness comes from. And so talking about like who you really are might not be enough. Um, for other people won't have all the bells and whistles and isn't very impressive Um, and she's using going on to speak for her TED talk Mm -hmm. so she's giving that personal anecdote there Um, but what she noticed as she was the closing speaker which is supposed to be like the grand finale Mm -hmm. and gosh she didn't know she was going to be it either and they were like oh you're the closing one she's like uh what excuse me yeah and so when you watch like other people go first I rather go like not very first, because I want to like kind of get some strategy from watching a couple people, but I don't want to be last. I want to mm-hmm. 
I want to go towards the front and get it over with because of my nerves. So in track, I ran the mile, the two mile, and the 800. So the first, done, done, done. And the last event. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was awful because I couldn't do anything. You couldn't relax. Mm-hmm. No. Like some people would run the first race or do the first event and the rest of the track meet, they just hung out and ran around being crazy. Uh, not fair in first world problems <laughs> so um, what she noticed is in the TED talks so many people's TED talks that everyone loved they were being very vulnerable they were talking about all the times they failed these very successful um, entrepreneurs were saying yeah this has made me successful but here's all, all the, the stuff you didn't see yeah. mm-hmm. and so sharing that vulnerability then again is inspiring and um Coming back, man, when yes. you've been knocked down, like, that makes your story that much more better. Right. Much I agree. more better. Works. Yeah. Um, so she talked about reframing the question from, like you said, what's the worst that could happen um, to what's the best possible thing yeah. that could happen. And she even used the question, what's worth doing even if I fail? I love that. Yeah. Let me say it again. What's worth doing even if I fail? Heck yeah. Like, Ask that girl out. <laughs> do it. Worth um, it. I love playing soccer. Even if I have a terrible game, it's still worth it. Yeah. Even if I let the other team score somehow. Ricochet off my shins. Massive mm-hmm. shin guards. Uh, I don't care. I want to do it. Um, is there anything you can think of that you enjoy doing? doesn't even matter if you fail. Um, I think, well... Reading out loud is one that I struggle with, so I think that's also good because I also teach reading out loud, so struggle together, but the tactics we're using, the only way to get better is just to do it, so leading from the front. Yeah, but that's pretty awesome. Um, so again, uh, she challenges you to value your own vulnerability as much as you value it in others, mm-hmm. so I've definitely caught myself different times being like, man, I wish I was... Brave, again, is the word I yeah. come back to. I wish I was as brave as she was. That last part you read about, um, what is it? Can you value your own vulnerability as much as you value it in others? So that has stuck with me, too. So whenever someone says something big, like, we've been struggling to have kids and blah, 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 blah. Um, the group that, like, our, our book study or our CG or whatever group it is, or we've been friends for 16 years or however long. Mm-hmm. Um, we always talk about like you, thank you for saying that you were so brave for saying that we're proud of you for saying that. Um, and then the whole, do you want a cheerleader, someone to hype you up? Do you want someone to hug you? What do you, what do you need after that? But mm-hmm. first things first, that's a big deal that you said that. So maybe we can encourage you to do that next time someone shares something with you. Um, and they feel they have felt led to share thank them for their bravery because that was very scary so yeah and then she hopes that instead of having this naked feeling when you're being vulnerable that after you know practicing it and changing your mindset that you'll have this quiet sense of freedom mixed in with a little battle fatigue so Mm -hmm. gosh just not having to pretend to be something you're not Yes. Not trying to hide all your imperfections. Yes. Um, not having to pretend to be perfect or mm-hmm. on all the time. Or the way I operate this way, this way, this way is because of this one thing that nobody knows about. Yeah. And so if I just said that, people would automatically be like, oh, yeah. I get it now. I totally get it. Okay, I got you. Yeah. It's as easy as saying something. Yeah. 
um, when I had um, my three miscarriages, I kind of wanted to keep it like here. Uh, part of me didn't want other to hear other people were like, "Oh, I had a miscarriage too." Like, but this is mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was probably Satan, because the more I shared, I actually felt better. Because again, mm-hmm. I was talking to people that had been like through it. Um, but then I also got like some suggestion suggestions on like different paths to take to try to you know have another baby, and so um, a lot of good can come out of having those conversations. Mm-hmm. That not only might you help others, but other people can help you. Uh, but if you don't tell anybody. So I'm going to walk through this conversation. So let's say, um, how, how did you, thank you for sharing, by the way, that's a big deal. Look at you go, you go girl, be all vulnerable and stuff. And you should see this side of the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We'll stop there. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) I'm dressed. Okay. So let's say you opened up and did tell someone that at one point Mm -hmm. you said, you just, you didn't want to hear someone else say me too. Yeah. So what did you, so when, I'm trying to think of how does one approach you Mm -hmm. when that happens? Oh, there's no right way. There's no right way. It all sucks. It all sucks. Got you. Okay. So then. you can tell people that you want to just be pissed about it. And that's fine. Okay. you just want to be sad. Don't cheer me up. And if it happened to you, I'm very sorry, but I don't, I want to be sad. Okay, so you had the wherewithal to say that up front. Well, no. This is hindsight. Obviously, obviously you're grieving. Um, this is hindsight. Hindsight, I could have, should have, would have said. I want to be mad right now. Actually, I did say I want to be. You, you told me. Like, uh, I, wanted, I don't understand right now. Yeah. I'm angry right now. I told, I'm I sad to right tell, now. I had to tell my t- teaching team members because I lost one at school. Mm-hmm. And I had to leave. And I, I remember this. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, what's going on with her? But I told my partner, I was like, don't tell anybody. And so, anyways, at the next team meeting or next day or something, I just told them, and I told them, I said, "I'm mad with the big guy right now. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not ready for it, but I will be." Mm-hmm. So, and that's I. I mean, that takes guts too. Even if you're just saying those raw feelings, like this. Okay, I'm. I gotta. I gotta function. So hang on. Yeah. Just ah. Yep. I think that's great because mm-hmm. sometimes you even. That's all you need to say. Yeah. And then, okay, so then that happened. So then how would someone know? Would they just be like, hey. Oh, yeah. They or just like, trickled in. Or like, you let me know when you're ready. Eh. Or and you're never going to be ready. Some so. of them are older and wiser. And so they'd be like, not right then, but, you know, a few days later or whatever. They're like, I know you don't want to hear this. So but. preface. Okay, preface. That. Good to know. like, great. Not coming in with, I have the answer for you. They're like, and I don't want to hear this. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. And I'm praying for you. Short, sweet, and then subject change. Yep, yep, gotcha. Yep. Okay, and that's what worked for you. Otherwise, you cry, and uh-huh. then you can't, and, and then, then everyone gotta, knows you've been crying. And then the kids then walk in from recess, you and you're like, what? I got something in the bottom of my eye. Uh, allergies. Yeah, allergies everywhere. Yep. Uh, well, thank you for sharing those tips. And again, everyone handles it differently, so um, it's it's also okay to say, what can I, how do you want me to talk to you about this? And if they don't know, then you can say, well, want to try something. And if you get mad at me, I'll walk away. <laughs> yes. I think just. Don't do nothing. I think that's what Stephanie Frentress talked about. Don't do nothing. Don't sit there and say yeah. nothing. Because then she talked about how she lost her mom. And the first time she went back to church, 
is very overwhelming, mm-hmm. but she also was kind of glad she went, but it was hard because everyone's looking at her with those eyes mm-hmm. and giving their condolences, and then we were asking, so it's the right thing just to, like, play it cool, and she goes, well, then I probably would have been mad that no one said anything, yeah. so. Um, yeah. yeah, that's episode 18. Yeah. So she talks about grief, losing her mom, so those are a lot of practical tips in that area yeah. if you need that. All right, myth number good one. two. Yeah, I do what I can. <laughs> Carrying the team. Carrying the team. me around. Um, all right. So I, myth number two is I don't do vulnerability. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so I don't do it. You know, that sounds pretty great. Like, guys don't do vulnerability. Or I'm a lawyer and I eat vulnerability for breakfast. Mm-hmm. All right. So... As Brene Brown does such a good job, she gives you questions to ask yourself and kind of a self-test to see where you're at. Um, So if you think you don't do vulnerability, some questions to answer. Um, We'll get into those. But she also says, if you don't feel like you can answer these questions, again, having a trusted friend, maybe answer those for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But it all has to do with uh, feeling your emotions. Do you express emotions appropriately? Um, what are you doing when you feel emotionally exposed and how willing are you to put yourself out there and take an emotional risk, mm. which so emotional um, risk could be, uh, going out, asking that girl out, or it could be saying, I love you first. Um, emotionally exposed could be you pitched this really great idea to your boss and you got crickets back. Like, Ugh! Yeah. Or, I, I mean, for me, with this, this podcast, like, what if nobody cares? Yeah. But. Our the, <laughs> Thanks, Mom <laughs> and Dad. But that, that's a fleeting thought now because I know that we're called to do this. Mm-hmm. So if we're called to do it, it's not wrong. Yeah. And you'll listen to me and I'll listen to you and it'll be great. Aww. Yay! No crickets. It's an excuse for us to hang out together. Don't tell our husbands. <laughs> we're doing a podcast. documenting documenting our friendship that's right so she goes on to just reiterate that when you pretend like you can avoid vulnerability then it's often inconsistent with who you are so if Mm -hmm. you don't do vulnerability if you say you know i can avoid being vulnerable or i don't need to be vulnerable that's true but then the life you're leading is not true to who you are eventually your brain's going to get confused on those sorts of things. It'll cross over to your house or cross over to your work. Something's not going to compute, and you're either going to misspeak or act in a way that you don't intend to um, just because your brain can't keep up with um, compressing the emotions like that. I think a lot of times people feel this sense of not being happy, and it could be because they aren't living to their true selves. They're, they have this front. And again, there could be some very valid reasons looking at your motives behind it. Is it a protection? Is it mm-hmm. a fear base? Um, is it not wanting to be judged a certain way? Mm-hmm. But then, like, at what cost? So right. um, there's a whole other discussion on happiness and being happy. Uh, but a lot of times, I think it's come from not being true to yourself. Yeah, I mean, is, is there something in your head, on your heart, that if... Your significant other just knew, and you knew it was going to be judgment-free, would you tell him? And if it wouldn't be judgment-free, then 
maybe work on that first. <laughs> but, I mean, if, if you know that they unconditionally love you, then take the risk. Mm-hmm. And so this uh, section is pretty small. She says in Chapter 4, we'll take a closer look at this topic. So, Moving on to myth number three. Vulnerability is letting it all hang out. Right. You mentioned this last episode, how it's not just shouting from the rooftop, whatever it is. Uh, it's it's thought out. It's... I picture those new bikini styles where the butt looks like the front of the bikini, nope. but on the back. And nope. Maybe that I used to have a body. I don't even know if I ever had the body to wear one of those, but all no, hanging you. out, that's what's coming to mind. Man, I mean, if you can rock that, you go girl or guy. Yeah. But I can't. I don't have that confidence. <sighs> Slash, I'm no. not willing to be vulnerable enough Sometimes in that area. It's just nice to, if you have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. No. Um, anywho, the point here is that she doesn't want it to be misconstrued that being vulnerable means airing all your dirty laundry on Facebook for everyone to see, um, that there are right ways to go about being vulnerable. She gives a story about her daughter. Uh, she told a friend at recess something that embarrassing that had happened to her and by lunch all the girls in her grade level knew and so you know here she had an experience where she was vulnerable with a friend and that trust factor was um you know broken and she's like she could have said so never confide in anybody Mm. to protect yourself but instead they had a really great conversation on how to build trust in other people. Right. The, um, they, they talked about the analogy of the marble jar friends. So Brene Brown was like, what? And so she talked about like, you know, the daughter said every time they do something that I can trust or a story I tell them or something they remember, I put a marble in the jar, like mentally, not actual jar for Susie, jar yes. for Jimmy, jar Maybe for... Maybe for those non-education. <laughs> if you're in education, like a class incentive, you might have a jar. And every time the class does something well, you put marbles in the jar. Mm-hmm. And when they do something maybe not so good, you can take marbles away. So mm-hmm. reward and punishment kind of thing. So yeah. then doing this with friends. Yes. Yeah, so the mom, so Brene, first name basis, <laughs> her besties. <Yeah. laughs> um, she was like, okay, well, what is, daughter's name is Ellen. Mm-hmm. All right. She was like, Ellen, um, so what makes a marble jar friend? And she's like, oh, you know, well, she remembers that grandma and grandpa's name are Oma and Opa. She mm-hmm. remembers, and every time she sees them, she's like, hi, Oma, hi, Opa. So again, the whole remembering significant Keep things. Secrets. I mean, just mm-hmm. uh, any anything like that. So it's also good to think about who your marble jar friends are. I know that sounds elementary, but it's it's yeah. only silly if it doesn't work, right? Yes. So, so being vulnerable with trusted people. And sometimes that takes baby steps. It's, it's You don't want to go and drop bombs like, nice to meet you, Farron. I'm an addict. That yeah. might not be like the right way to go about it necessarily, yeah. so we're not going to air it out. There's nothing wrong with overcoming or working on Oh, for addiction. sure. It's just, unfortunately, in society and culture, there's certain ways to lead or introduce or or present yourself. Yes, if you're building a friendship or meeting someone the first time, meeting someone at your spouse's company party, I mean, there's appropriate and inappropriate ways. If you're at an AA meeting, that's absolutely appropriate. So 
Again, I knowing those parameters. To like wearing clothes. Like it wouldn't be appropriate to wear a swimsuit if you're going skiing, and it wouldn't be appropriate to wear a ski suit to go swimming. And so while those both have their appropriate times. You must not be having fun when you ski. I don't ski. I fear for my life. That's on two long <laughs> skin and surfboard things. Yeah. You got this. That I can just knee replacement, knee replacement. I've watched too many like America's Funny Some videos and things like that where it just goes terribly wrong. Um, so yes. Anywho, um, being vulnerable, some people put all their business out there and some people are have very and very eloquent way of delivering it. Everybody yeah. on Oprah. I think it all goes even Oprah. I think it goes back to motivation. Yeah. Like is your motivation so okay. So I had a person at one point, um, this was in high school, they told me this really vulnerable thing. And I didn't know this person that well. And then they said, okay, you're next. And I said, what? Uh, like, that was not, I did not agree to this exchange. Like, I don't. Am I supposed to tell you something? Yeah. yeah. And they said, yes, tell me, tell me one of your secrets. And I was like, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Like old people. I don't know you. You said that last time or a couple episodes ago. They didn't listen to that one. Oh Surprise! Go check it out. Episode 27. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so again, it's there has to be some boundaries there. Yes. So this was just, I don't even know how to set it up because I found it so like, I put an exclamation mark mm-hmm. in the notes section. Yeah, just go for it. So hearts is love. Check is like, yeah, I got you on that one. Exclamation is like, mind blown. Um, So she said that one of uh, the, let me start over. I'm just going to quote it for Nae Brown. If I had to choose the form of betrayal that emerged most frequently from my research and that was the most dangerous in terms of corroding the trust connection, right? So you're vulnerable with people that you trust. Mm -hmm. So what would ruin that trust relationship? It would be disengagement, which we talked about in the last chapter. Wow. She goes on to say, because I'm thinking really like that's the big, just, you just kind of pushing yourself away is the biggest form of right. breaking our trust. She said, when the people we love or with whom we have a deep connection stop caring, stop paying attention, stop investing and stop fighting for the relationship, Trust begins to slip away and hurt starts seeping in. Disengagement triggers shame. Oh. Oh. That's crazy. So, and so all her research has proved this. So, what it sounds like is people are saying um, a bunch of words that fall under the umbrella of disengagement. So, it said something about betrayal. Is that where this came from? Um, Right. So, we just had the. The daughter example yes. where okay, yes. they shared a secret and that broke trust. Okay, so that could be a betrayal of a friendship, betrayal of a boss to mm-hmm. a, a subordinate or a husband to wife. So think about how someone just doesn't come up and break up with you. There was a series of things that have been slowly happening inch by inch by inch by inch. And that's disengagement. Mm-hmm. She gave examples too. Like, I may have had this conversation once. But where it's like, I, I miss you. I don't see you. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm coming home from work and I'm here. I see you in the morning. We're getting the kids ready. I'm here. What more do you want? I'm 
I'm here on the weekends. Yeah, but you were like outside taking care of all our property, which is a lot of work. And yeah, I love yeah. It. But that doesn't equate to, again, the word quality time. Right. Your definition of quality time. Right. So disengagement mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean like pushing away, but you're counting minutes that aren't actual right. engaged in quality conversation or interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, they even give examples like you were saying at work. So, again, leaders out there, just your employees want to hear that they're doing a good job. And that you freaking have their back. That, you know, they gave the example of someone feeling like, do they even know that I work here? Oh, my gosh. Do they know what I do? I Yeah, I think I said that at the, one of the very early episodes of the whole podcast that one of my higher-ups didn't even know my name. Yeah. She worked there multiple years. Yeah. What? And so, are you going to then trust... Anything to share no. with someone that you don't have that relationship with. It's kind of like <laughs> when someone does a walkthrough mm-hmm. for five minutes, but you, you've no, and they're from like central, and you're just yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah. You're, they, Hello. they didn't know me before they walked in. They were in here for a few minutes, and that three minutes is how they're going to remember me. They might not remember my name or what grade, but whatever happened in those three <laughs> minutes is what they're going to remember. What would be really funny if someone came up with a walkthrough and they could check off if it were a full moon, a Friday before a holiday, a Friday the 13th, pep rally, pep rally day, long weekend coming up, grandparents lunch, how, how many weeks until Thanksgiving. That's what they need to check off first. That would be some really good data, and then you could is compile the teacher it. here? Is the teacher here? 50 out of 100 points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You win. Um, and another thing for our parents out there, they say this is really important too with children. Um, so while they say like, I don't want you, don't talk to me, especially at the teenage years. Or I have a lot of parents say, you know, I ask them what they did at school and they say nothing. And sometimes parents are discouraged by that. But if you stop asking them how their day was, then mm-hmm. they they might feel like, wow, they don't they don't care. So even if you're getting the nothings, like don't quit asking. Put in the effort. Mm-hmm. Put in the effort every time. And if you have kids that are acting out again, that's something I've experienced in my own life. Um, Your children are flawless. They're saying, you know, well, this is what I need to do to get their attention. Yeah. And I saw a quote recently that said, if you change the word attention seeking to relationship seeking. Oh, yeah. That that can reframe seeing your kids act out. But even friends or spouses, um, just, you know, if they start doing things that, you know, they're pushing your buttons, maybe they just want to spend time with you and don't know how to communicate it. Well, and if the only way of getting your attention is by doing a certain thing, mm-hmm. some attention's better than no intention. Yeah. Yeah. And... With, you know, your wife or spouse, she wants you to notice that she's sad. And so when you're like, you okay? And she goes, yeah, I'm fine. She wants you to ask <laughs> or say, no. If, if it looks like her head's about to fall off when she says, no, I'm fine, <laughs> then not fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the last thing, this got an exclamation mark. The last myth. Heart. No. Oh, the last part. Okay. Last part in this section. Vulnerability is letting it all hang out. Gosh, yes. Brene's words 
first name basis. Wordsmith. Brown is so, yeah, awesome. So here's what she said. She said, trust is a product of vulnerability that grows over time and requires work, attention, and full engagement. Trust isn't a grand gesture. It's a growing marble collection. Love it. It's not a one and done thing. You nope. got to have that consistency over a long period of time. And you're not going to be perfect. But hey, do it often. Yeah. Good. Work your way. Myth number four. We can go it alone. Ha 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 ha. I don't need anybody else. I can do it all on my own. It makes me think of Dodgeball when he's like, You can't fire me. I created myself. <laughs> what? <laughs> you created yourself. It makes yeah. me laugh. I, I love when... One of my children says, no, I can do it. And then I know she can, but I say, okay, let me know if you Mm -hmm. need help. Mm -hmm. And I walk away and I kind of always get where I can sort of see her, at least all the peripherals. And man, when she knows she needs to come ask me for help, I just, oh, it eats her up. And Mm -hmm. so I try to just be very nice and be like, I'm glad you asked for help. Mm -hmm. Thank you for trying. Yes. But yeah, no, going at it alone is... When is it a good time to do something? Zero times. I don't know. Um, So here is what she equates it to. She talks about um, if you can't accept help without seeing it as a sign of weakness, then you can't give help without judging that person as being weak. Oh, man. So how those two can't align. So I can't say, Brooke, I'm going to help you, and it's not a sign that you're weak. If I also think that you helping me is a sign of me being weak. Like, you can't yes. have both of those. So until so true. you recognize that helping others is not them being weak, you know, then you would do that. Well, and we'd be silly to think to not ask for help. How did anyone learn anything ever? Mm. Yeah. Uh, you you were taught. How many diapers I've changed. Gabby has not changed one herself. Right. She needs help. (laughs) (laughs) No, we we all would need help. And so she talks about the people in her life that um, she chooses to be vulnerable to Mm -hmm. and that have also helped her in the process of feeling her feelings. Yeah. So who are some people that you find that you can be vulnerable to with? You. Oh, I was hoping I made the list. I I'll be first place. <laughs> Sorry, Morgan. <laughs> first is Brooke. Hey, you, you were obligated to say that. Um, but yeah, I would say um, groups like that, book study group, CG. Parents. Yeah. Parents. Uh, again, there. I feel like there are some degrees of vulnerability there too. Yeah. Like things I might tell Morgan. About certain topics, I wouldn't tell my parents. Yeah. Or. Yeah, there's things I wouldn't tell you that I'm not going to tell Jacob. Right. Yeah. So, again, yes. healthy boundaries there. Not Jacob yet. Like, I like to run stuff by you first. But yeah. Yeah. That's just good planning. Yeah. It's effective, really. <laughs> um, and safe. There we go for all parties involved. I'll say it nicer the second time Yes, around. you do a really good job of talking me down. On things. Well, we do. We're good about, like we said earlier, about the conversation of, do you just want to be mad? Yes. Or do you want to hear devil's advocate? Yes. Or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What, what phase are we in? Yes. Yeah. What are we feeling right now? But yeah. 
So who would, so you would say yes, your parents, Jacob, me. <laughs> that yeah. lamp over there. Oh, there you go. Well, but yeah, we aren't, we aren't meant to go alone. Like we were, we were created for relationships. So mm-hmm. to think that we could do everything ever on our own, that is way too big of an ego. Yep. Um, she brings it back to the man in the arena speech by mm-hmm. Teddy Roosevelt, right? That's and, right. And uh, she talks about, again, knowing who these people are, are the people fighting the battle with you, not yeah. the people in the stands, the critics, um, all your judgmental people. Yeah. Uh, so again, vulnerability is definitely, what was the first one? Vulnerability was not weakness. Mm -hmm. Again, talking about how we admire when other people are vulnerable and we recognize it as, wow, you must be brave. Yeah, so we need to step up and reciprocate there. Myth number two, I don't do vulnerability. Um, But yes, you do. Yeah, check check your emotions. And if you say you don't have any, man. You know you're a sociopath if. Oh, (laughs) she said it. Uh, myth number three, vulnerability is letting it all hang out. No, no, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Some there people do. Boundaries. Healthy boundaries. Healthy vulnerability mm-hmm. has healthy boundaries. That's right. By well, Theron DeRue. Quote that. Quote it. Yes. You heard it here first. Uh, myth number four, we can go it alone. False. Gosh. I, you just don't make the kind of progress that you see when you have like a team of people. Can you imagine if we had a team of people doing all this? Man. Someday. One of these days we could hire you. You know what I was thinking? Message us. We never had a, a company Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to do right yeah. now. We're going to sign off and we're going to go have a company Christmas party. Yes. I'm not sure what it'll entail, but... Uh, Sleep. <laughs> coffee. There we go. Both. All right, guys, so that was chapter two, debunking mm-hmm. the vulnerability myths. And next week we'll talk about chapter three, understanding and combating shame. Oh, okay. Is that not a teaser? What? And shame, there is a Brene Brown definition of shame. And once you understand her definition, it makes so much sense. Yep. So there's that. Be sure to tune in next week yeah be sure to grab our freebie that goes along with this mini series and chime in on facebook instagram all that good stuff pinterest are you gonna say it bye (laughs) thanks for listening to the witty and gritty podcast join us at wittyandgritty.blog where you can subscribe to our newsletter check out our blog and listen to more episodes we're here to help you become your best self with a community that cares 